Welcome to the Successful Farming Podcast. I'm your host, Jody Henke. Today we're going to talk about harvesting and getting the most out of the combine and corn heads. Joining me today is Dave Moitz. He's the Machinery and Technology Editor for Successful Farming Magazine. And Denny Bollig. He farms near Fenton, Iowa, and he's also president of Dragotech USA, which distributes Olamac corn heads. Gentlemen, thank you for being on the podcast today, and we'll get started right after this. Do you know what's under the hood of your seed treatment? Most all look the same, red color with a shiny finish. But the performance really comes down to a strong formulation with powerful chemistry. That's what you get with Cruiser Max Vibrance Bean Seed Treatment, a combination of separately registered products. Unlike your typical generic blend, this formulation coats each seed more strongly to prevent dust off and build up on your planter, meaning the ingredients will stay on your seed throughout planting. So ask your Syngenta retailer for Cruiser Max Vibrance Beans. Always read and follow label instructions. It's harvest time in the Midwest and other parts of the country, and the combines will be rolling soon if they're not out there already. Dave and Denny, let's start by talking about a key part of the combine, the cornhead, and getting the most out of it. Denny certainly has a keen interest in cornheads. You sell Dragotech cornheads, but also you farm, and you've had right. a fascination with cornheads because one of your contentions is farmers are underestimating what a cornhead actually does and its impact that it has on grain losses in the field. And Denny, I mean, we're expecting huge volumes of corn being consumed by this thing called a corn head. And uh, the combine seems to consume it well. We've designed them better. They have more automatic adjustments to prevent grain losses. Farmers have gotten better about adjusting their combines to minimize grain losses. But that's not necessarily true with the corn head, is it, Denny? No, it's not. You know, the, the corn head, I think, uh, you know, we've, uh, we've come a long way in a lot of equipment we farm with today, you know, whether it's the combine, tractors, planters, or whatever we have in the shed nowadays. The corn head is playing a bigger, bigger role of handling the bigger plants, the stronger plants, sizing up the residue if you want it, managing the residue the way the farmer needs it for his farming program, you know, from a conservation tillage standpoint and like that. But also, I always call the cornhead the alpha and omega of equipment. See, it's really the end of a season and the start of a next at the same instant. You know, when you're harvesting that ear, really that ear and that harvest is complete. But actually, the way that cornhead handles the residue, distributes the residue, doesn't leave volunteer corn on the ground to compete next year. That's the start of the next season at the same time. So... I really feel that the cornhead you know, plays a very unique role in the lineup of equipment we have today. Not only that, but I know statistics that you and I have talked about before is the amazing number of ears that a cornhead will be harvesting in any given second when it's going to the field. Very much so. Uh, if you look at the travel speed, uh, you know, the modern-day combines, as, as the farmers want to cover more acres, they, you know, they want to increase their travel speed. And, you know, if you start running four, five, six miles an hour over six, you, know, you can be harvesting uh, 15 to 16 ears in a matter of a second. That's a big demand on that corn head. And to do it efficiently and without minimizing any grain loss, of course. What are the key areas of losses that are caused by a corn head? Is it just loss of an ear 
or is it also actual grain loss? Well, it, of course, it's both. Uh, it you know, depends on the time of the year and the season that you have and, and the challenges maybe you have in front of you because of the season. Early in the season, uh, typically we see more ear bounce that a wetter ear corn, uh, the kernels are very firmly attached to the cob, so it stays together. And so when you have ear bounce from, you know, maybe a corn head running, you know, again, if you're going to harvest uh, a lot of plants per second, the machine's got to be running pretty rapidly. And that energy, you know, that comes from that big combine all the way down that corn head gets transplanted over to the ear. And early season, when the corn's wet, we see more ear bounce. And you'll see more ear rejection out of the head, that it's actually bounced out of the head. And as we, uh, you know, traverse into the season, as we move into the farther into the harvest, as the corn dries down, you'll see more butt shelling and less ear bounce because the kernels are absorbing that energy and then leaving the cob, which means you have less bounce, but you have more shelling loss. So you go from early season having an ear completely thrown out of the head to where, you know, with butt shelling, you're talking about losing kernels down through the stock roller and the deck plates. Denny, we've had a lot of rain in some areas of the Midwest this summer, this mm-hmm. early fall, and I'll bet the ear bounce is going to be prevalent. Do you have any suggestions for people on how to handle that? Well, you know, ear bounce is a matter of monitoring your uh, header speed. You don't want to run the header any faster than necessary. I think, of course, you know, you need to be uh, always checking your operator's manual to see what the correct operating speed for your combine, for your feeder house, for your corn head, to make sure you're inside the proper range. From an ear bounce standpoint, uh, you know, you might look at, uh, you know, attachments on the side of the corn head. You know, I call them corn attachments that can restrict that ear from being uh, thrown out the side. Head angle plays something in this, too. If for some reason you have your head set at too steep of an angle, maybe, uh, you know, the feeder house needs to be adjusted to get the proper angle. Because if you have a very steep angle and you have ear bounce, the ear is more likely to go out in front versus up. So head angle uh, can make a difference on ear bounds too. Thank you very much, Denny. We're going to be right back with some more harvest and combine and header tips right after this. When it comes to seed treatments, the color's often the same, but the performance isn't. That's why you need to look under the hood to know just what ingredients you're getting in your coating. With Cruiser Max Vibrance Bean Seed Treatment, a combination of separately registered products, you get the kind of industry-leading fungicides and insecticide that are proven to boost your soybeans' root health and vigor. So don't just plant any red seed treatment. Ask your Syngenta retailer for Cruiser Max Vibrance Beans. Always read and follow label instructions. Denny, we started the season and people are busy in the field, but there are some maintenance things that a farmer should do to his corn head, or at least to inspect it prior to hitting the field and just take the time to go through what are the key components that they ought to be looking at and where should they be examining and replacing parts? Good question, Dave. Now, when you look at my corn head, First, Dave, you got to look at what runs that corn head, and that's the feeder house from the combine. So you want to quickly, you know, go through and inspect 
your feeder house uh, drive system, whether it's a belt or PTO shafts that run that corn head because there's a tremendous amount of power that's got to get transferred to that head. And then from there, you, you move into um, inspecting your drive chains on a, on a corn head to make sure that they're tensioned properly. Uh, you know, and, you know, you got to take cover off, inspect them. If you're running out of adjustment on the tensioner for your uh, roller chain, you're probably looking at maybe you should have a new chain on there. Uh, you know, some heads are gear driven, so that's pretty simple then. A gear, gear driven is pretty a lifetime drive system, but most of them are drive, you know, with a roller chain, and that roller chain will stretch and wear. Yeah, you want to check your oil levels and your oil bath reservoir systems too. The one key component I know that comes into play when it comes both with ear bounce and, and grain losses, but, but shelling, are those deck plates. You and I had a great relationship with a fantastic engineer, Graham Quick at Iowa State yeah. University. Graham did a lot of research on this, and he found that so many combines, that deck plate was either worn or, if it was not a self-adjusting hydraulic or a system like Dragotech has, they were actually stuck, and they were either too wide or too narrow. Is that still an issue, regardless of modern cornhead design? Of course, I think it's more important than ever. You know, as farmers, we want, of course, we want top yield, but we want dry corn at the same time because it costs money to artificially dry this corn down. And, you know, with margins as tight as they are now, you know, we, we want dry corn. And the drier the corn is, the, the more critical having your deck plate set at the proper gap. Ideally, you want them up against the stock. What Graham did in his research, he exposed that when you get into dry corn, that every eighth of an inch of misadjustment on a deck plate can be, you know, up to, you know, two or three, four bushels an acre. I think actually he was talking four bushels and he had, you know, did some very side-by-side -side comparisons. And so with that, you know, when you're looking at a hydraulic deck plate system, where the operator has, must make that decision. You want to make sure that all them uh, deck plates are set the same. Uh, Dr. Graham also went and looked at, you know, heads that have been running a while, uh, hydraulic deck plate heads, and where he saw a discrepancy from one row to the next. At, and I've seen the same thing because over time, that deck plate can move. On a hydraulic deck plate, one side is bolted, the other side is hooked to a bar controlled by a hydraulic cylinder, and that where it hooks to the bar, that linkage there, that can slip. And what he was seeing and what we see is that it can vary a quarter an inch uh, either way from being, you know, compared to the next one. And uh, when you say an eighth of an inch can be several bushels an acre, a quarter inch difference, uh, it can make a big difference from row to row. So we really need to start out with a hydraulic deck place, monitor that gap, make sure it's uniform and adjust them and get them the same. Of course, you know, with automatic deck plates, it's always keeping it up against the stock. And what about deck plate wear? How often should you check those to make sure they're still in their optimal condition? You know, it depends on, you know, the acres you're running through the head, uh, the soil types that you're running in. If you're in a, you know, the sandier soil areas of uh, this country, uh, the more sand in the soil, the more wear you'll see on all the components, including the deck plates. And uh, typically, uh, it depends on the stock roller design, if it doesn't allow the plant to move back. Some heads, you'll see a very definite wear pattern about three inches up where all the stocks are being processed in the same spot. 
you know, most of them, you can adjust for that a little bit. But uh, when you're wearing more on one end than the other, it's something to keep an eye on. But to give you a defined answer on how many acres, it depends on the soil type. But you should be looking at those seasonally uh, every year for sure. Farmers assume when it comes to like stock rollers that they will last forever sometimes. But rollers are really handling not only huge volumes of material, but also today's stocks are so much more resilient than they were, so much more abrasive. Is that having an impact on roller condition too? Absolutely, Dave. The more horsepower we're putting into these heads and uh, and you have a strong stock, the, the stock roller area gets to be the shock absorber, in other words, uh, from that energy. As we see uh, higher plant populations, bigger plants, the genetics, uh, the GMOs, puts a lot more wear on those knife rollers or the stock rollers. And again, what you're looking at is how does that stock roller process the stock? Some designs uh, that intermesh do not allow the stock to move back while it's being pulled down. Others that maybe don't intermesh, but they really don't separate enough. They don't open up enough to allow the stock to move back while it's being pulled down. You'll see an accelerated wear in just the front fourth of that stock roller. You can have a stock roller that two-thirds of it looks really good shape, and it still needs to be replaced or the knives need to be changed because it's processing the plant in the lower end and uh, the upper part of the stock roller isn't really getting used. All right. Thank you very much, Denny. We're going to hear more from Dave and Denny right after this. Do you know what's under the hood of your seed treatment? Most all look the same, red color with a shiny finish. But the performance really comes down to a strong formulation with powerful chemistry. That's what you get with Cruiser Max Vibrance Bean Seed Treatment, a combination of separately registered products. Unlike your typical generic blend, this formulation coats each seed more strongly to prevent dust off and buildup on your planter, meaning the ingredients will stay on your seed throughout planting. So ask your Syngenta retailer for Cruiser Max Vibrance Beans. Always read and follow label instructions. Denny, due to the weather we've had this early fall, lots of downed corn in many areas, how do people go out and harvest that? You know, it's one of the most frustrating things in farming is to have, uh, you know, to deal with uh, the weather all year long and uh, and see all your work get blown over in a matter of 15 minutes. And uh, it's just part of what we have to deal with and manage as farmers. Down corn, we're not talking a little bit of yield loss. Uh, you know, deck plates might be two, three, four bushels an acre, which add up, believe me. But down corn, uh, severe down corn, you can see losses up to, you know, 20, 30 bushels an acre. That's a big thing to deal with. When it comes to down corn, you want to, you, you got to get your points down. You want to uniform your points across your head and your uh, dividers or snoots or whatever you call them. You want to make sure that they're all running at the same level. You want to, you got to get underneath that stock. Uh, your gathering chains become super important to uh, try to reach down, pick that corn stock up, lift it up, get it into that stock roller uh, to try to process that plant and hope that stock doesn't break off uh, at the same time because that's uh, one of the biggest challenges in down corn. If you lose stock quality too much, it becomes sometimes almost a nightmare. And this year, there's a particular problem with stock quality deterioration. I've been hearing about this because of all the wet weather and all the heat that we had earlier in the season. The stocks just seem to be disintegrating. 
we're in north central Iowa. We had a lot of water, but this is a farm that pattern tiles, put it in in nice shape, come up, look good. But, um, you know, the excessive water that was on it during the season, I don't know. But we went from having a good-looking cornfield. We had a windstorm go through about a week ago, and it really made a mess out of it. And so you're right, Dave. Something this year, uh, I'm not sure what it is. I haven't figured it out yet. But we went from having some good-looking corn to some poor stock quality very, very quickly. And, you know, my advice to farmers on this is if you've got a variety, and that's what I'm seeing, it's more variety-related, some people put that off to the end of the harvest when they think they'll have more time to go slow. My advice is it's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse. Bite the bullet and go get it. You know, during the growing season and we get a wind, corn will stand back up sometimes. It's an amazing plant. After this point, it only gets worse. So uh, my advice is if you've got some down corn, don't wait for it to be your last field. Make it your first field. Even if it's still fairly wet or should you let it dry would, a little uh, more? If it's harvestable, any kind of harvestable moisture, you're better off uh, spending the okay. money drying because... If you're looking at, you know, you can, again, with a harvest loss that can go, you know, easily 10, 15, 20 bushel an acre. It depends on the severity of down corn, but the really bad stuff, you know, we've done some surveys and uh, some of the um, levels that people experience with grain losses down corn are extreme. And so uh, my advice is spend the money drying because your money ahead there to, to go get it. When you've handled down corn before, Denny, and your own farm and for the thousands of farmers that you work with, is there one thing that they need to focus on? Is it speed? Do you just need to slow the combine down or speed up, you know, the uh, chains and the roller rollers on there to take it in faster, but slow the combine down? Is there a combination that works better than anything else or just try everything? Well, yeah, I wish there was one answer fits all here, but it varies quite a bit. You know, the challenge here is that as people want to drive faster with a corn head, you know, to get the acres per day they need. And if they're running a large combine and a smaller corn head and just wanting to travel faster, when they get into down corn, they have a tough, tough decision to make about do I slow up and let the head work to try to pick it up and bring it in, or do I just drive over the crop and not get it? I tend to, you know, want to encourage people to look at bigger corn heads because there is an optimum speed with corn heads. And, uh, you know, a lot of times it's in that anywhere from three to you know, five miles an hour. Now, can we drive faster than that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But again, when you get into down corn, if you're running have a big corn head, you don't have to travel as fast and you're you're going to harvest more versus a small head trying to travel fast in down corn. Well, and certainly combines have the capacity to consume an immense amount of both grain as well as mog. And mm -hmm. so your advice is make sure you keep that combine fully charged as you're going through the field. Get a bigger head if you're not doing that. I assume, too, a bigger head would be an advantage in down corn because you have a broader swath that you're picking up at one time. If you're trying to funnel that down grain into the head just to get it in there, there'd be an advantage to that as well, wouldn't there? I think you're correct there. And the worst case situations, uh, you know, some corn heads, you know, that don't have as aggressive on gathering ability as some others, they start having to go one direction, oh, you know, yes. like kind of against the grain. If you've got a deadhead back across the field, 
definitely having a bigger corn head, you know, is gonna is gonna help you there. But it's also when you have corn head that is aggressive on the gathering ability, you're more likely to be able to go both directions with it. The other challenge in down corn, I really, and we go back to the deck plates, is with hydraulic deck plates. Anytime you're in down corn, if you run the deck plate too tight you have much more chance of breaking the stock off and sending that into the combine or just loading up the head with unnecessary uh, material. That is a real challenge. And, and a lot of times when we get into down corn with the ordinary heads, the hydraulic deck plate heads, they tend to leave their deck plates open. So that's not an issue. You know, that can lead to some grain loss, the shelling loss. With the butt stuff. shelling. Yeah, you get more butt shelling and uh, and more likely to run something down through the, the, pull the ear down through the stock roller. You know, I, I feel for people that are in those conditions right now. As as a farmer, I've we've farmed through this how many years? This corn, again, sometimes we push these populations. We push the fertility. You know, we're asking a lot out of these genetics. And anytime you do that, you can push that plant on standability, too. So I'm saying that we're seeing as much or more potential for down corn than we have now versus what we had, I think, almost uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Because I know they're breeding them to stand better, but at the same time, uh, as farmers, we're pushing the populations and fertility. You know that I'm afraid can sometimes it can backfire on you and give you a little more down corn. So it's just a matter of being able to manage it. Well, that's some outstanding information, but it doesn't end there because Dennis, you're going to be featured in a page article in the October issue of Successful Farming Magazine with some of your maintenance pointers. A year ago, we featured you on our Successful Farming Television Show where you gave some detailed advice on corn head maintenance and adjustment. But also your company provides an outstanding source online, doesn't it? Where would they go to be able to tap into that information that you're providing? Well, it, you know, if you go to uh, dragotechusa.com, we can uh, give you pointers on, you know, what to do with your corn head. And, of course, what we can do for you with our equipment. Because, again, the technology that we use with our planters and all the other the equipment nowadays, the corn head, I feel it's the time and place for it to move up and match the other equipment that's putting this crop in. After the corn planter drops the seed, the corn head is actually the next machine that actually physically touches that plant. It's not the combine. It's the corn head. Excellent advice today. Thanks, Dave Moitz and Denny Bollig for sharing your expertise with us. And as Dave mentioned, read his article with Denny in the October issue of Successful Farming. I'm Jody Henke, and thank you for listening to this podcast edition of Successful Farming. 